Hi, I'm Laura. Hey, I'm Stefan, and you're listening to Attributed, a podcast library by Dream Data. The purpose of it is to store and share all the knowledge that we have gathered across Dream Data employees through our LinkedIn Lives, podcasts, and webinars. The typical topics you'll find here can be stuff like marketing, sales, B2B ads, operations, social selling, maybe. Thanks for tuning in again to another live session here. Today, we're going to talk about account-based marketing, which is, is probably not new for, for most people who actually said yes to attend this. But what I think is, is most of us, us have heard a lot of different story about what it is. Today, we actually have somebody who actually practices it every day with us, which is uh, Vlad. I'll give you the word in a minute. But I forced Vlad to think through what are the unconventional things you can do in, in, in ABM instead of just going through what are kind of the regular things that you would typically talk about. As usual, like just treat this as a, as a conversation you're part of self. So if you have any questions, you want to interrupt us, just type in the question on LinkedIn and we'll pull in, uh, pull in that question and go through it. But uh, Vlad, just to warm up, maybe you can just explain a little bit about quickly about your background and what you do in your, your day-to-day job at, at Full Funnel. All right. Thank you very much. And really amazing to be here live with our audience. Uh, I'm a co-founder together with Andres Inkiewicz. I'm co-founder of FullFunnel, fullfunnel.io. And what we do is we work with B2B tech companies with high ACV, with high deal size. And we help them essentially drive demand and land opportunities with their target accounts. And the way that we like to explain this is like at least like 20% plus of the target account. So not the volume, but the quality, which ABM really is all that what ABM is all about. I'm a co-founder, so together with Andre, I do a little bit of everything. We create a lot of content, as you probably know. We are creating products. We are running as we are a consulting and training company. We are running training. We are running consulting, do a lot of stuff, a lot of events, speaking, doing events ourselves all the time. And uh, that's kind of how my everyday looks like, so... Really happy to be here. Thanks again for having me. Awesome, Flat. And uh, maybe just let's just start out with that soft de- definition of what you already said a little bit. What does ABM mean for you? And which type of company should really be considering it according to, to your opinion? Yeah, I mean, to put it very simply, if you are selling a high value product, if you're selling like five or six figure deal, annual deal deal size. You don't need a lot of clients, right? But you need the right type of clients. And if you look at quote-unquote traditional ways of generating leads and opportunities, you, depending on, on how people do this, like very often you might end up with, you know, smaller deals like coming from marketing, right? Coming inbound or coming from marketing or it's going to be very hard for you. Or maybe if you win the other deals, it's going to be a very high cost of acquisition. So what account-based marketing essentially helps you do is be very targeted. So you can, it's all about stacking the odds in your favor of landing, let's say, ideal customer profile. Like uh, you're normally going to use that to land upper mid-market or enterprise opportunities and deals. I think like if you want to define what it is, it's just a set of mark. It's marketing in the end. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they think about ABM, they're thinking about yeah, or even like a lot of sales activity, right? And we're going to give a lot of examples, so I don't think I need to go into that. Maybe just to say one more thing, 
sometimes it's easier to say what it is not so for people to understand. A lot of people also think about it as, you know, either display ads or some sort of creative outreach or just a new name for lead generation, which is more focused, right? And it's also actually, if you think about it, it's not just about winning net new accounts, winning new customers, but you can actually run ABM campaigns to expand or accelerate deals. You can do this to renew contracts. You can basically apply to any stage of actually your sales funnel. Super nice. So uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's get to your first unconventional ABM tactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, <laughs> when you reached out to me, like, what are we going to talk about? Okay, let's do it unconventional. So you have to make me think. And a lot of these tactics are unconventional simply because they are not how most companies do ABM. The first one is about leveraging customer advocacy. And what I mean by customer advocacy is simply like turning your best customers into your marketers, into your best marketers. Mm. And so how can you use this and why would you do this? Well, essentially, I think the best way to do this is to accelerate your pipeline. I think a lot of the customers that you, a lot of the prospects that you may have in your pipeline will be either on the fence or will need some extra social proof or just like they'll have questions they might not ask you directly. And so bringing in one of your customers to help them answer the questions, build a social proof can be very helpful to accelerate those deals, right? And you can do this in different ways. I mean, obviously, like what we all do is having you know, customers that we use for reference calls and all of these things. But mm. like one of the plays that we did was actually running a webinar together with the customers. And it's not the webinar itself. It's, it's always, and maybe this is something that you will kind of see as a pattern here. I'll just maybe go through the different steps that I would suggest you do if you want to do that, that kind of a campaign. You have to look at the full funnel. I mean, you have to look at it from the top to bottom, right? So like... How, how would you do something like, well, first of all, you have to have that highly engaged customers with good results. They should fit your ICP. They should be like, you know, a really good representation of the kind of deal you want to replicate. Yeah. You want to also, of course, have the right person inside of the company who knows a lot about the project, who is, of course, they need to be a very satisfied customer as well. And ideally, they're, they're going to be somebody who is very comfortable speaking, you know, on a webinar or online. Yeah. If they're active on, on whatever your target social networks are, even better, right? So they will help you kind of promote yeah. that and all of that. The next thing you want to do is you want to plan what we call like a live case study. And... What I mean, like a lot of companies, when they create case studies, they usually create this like, you know, one pages, like we all see that on the website. It's kind of like checking. We that. Do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will be careful about what I say about it. But <laughs> no, especially no. when I, when I mention case studies, what I mean is really diving deep. It's mm. really a little bit of guide and a case study so that you really want to help the, cust the potential customers see, see how implementation looks like the behind the scenes so mm. they can really, really, really understand like yeah. what it takes, who needs to be involved, what kind of help do I get from you? You know, when can I expect what kind of results, like a lot of details that people who are actually have the intention to buy, yeah. you know, are thinking about have questions. They can't really answer, uh, answer those questions. The best way to answer them is just seeing how it looks like for somebody who is exactly the same situation as yeah. you, right? Yeah. And so, that's what I mean. And so, like, for example, when we run, when we run this, this, we run it as a webinar, we run a couple of others as a podcast, we do our podcasts live. So we just invite mm -hmm. one of our customer to a podcast or we create a webinar. If you're yeah. doing it as a webinar, which is like 
the, the example that I wanted to share, you want to give, like the, the customer should be speaking half of the time. You can speak, yeah. let's say, another half a little bit less. And the idea is that they are going to speak about their situation and the whole implementation process, yeah. the results and everything. You can guide them a little bit, but you need to share also educational stuff. You, so you need to share them a framework. They should walk away like knowing something, like learning. So again, think about it. It's a mix between a case study and a guide, right? Mm. And I so think it will be extremely, it's extremely right? trustworthy that somebody that actually pay for your service yeah. is actually also willing to go on camera and say that they're, they're actually paying yeah, for and your live. Yeah, and live, yeah, even. I think that's that's another that's another benefit because it's like extra difficult or extra high threshold for people to do that. So like the impression is when well, the impression perception and the truth is that this is like, okay, they're happy, they're so happy with you and, and your solution that they're willing yeah. to do that. In addition, I think it's also like really cool because they will be able to share things or to answer questions in a way that you will never be able to do that, right? Mm. You're always kind of you're always kind of solution biased. You know, you're using a different ter terminology. Like it's just like yeah. yeah, you yeah, you know what I mean, right? If we as a vendor say it's an easy setup, yeah, then they're like, yeah, sure, it's an easy setup. But if the client says it's an easy setup, it's com something completely different. It was very okay. cool. Like, for example, during that webinar, like also he just opened up his, how he, how they set up that HubSpot, like, like showing things that I, I wouldn't be able to show, for example, yeah. right? I can show how we do it, but like exactly how they set it up. Also, like, how do they, how did they like then, implementing the rest of the team you know like a lot of like these details that don't really come up in a normal case study or in a webinar that maybe you would organize it's yeah beautiful now, i really like that one is that is that point one or is the more in the in that bucket yeah 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 yeah. yeah. like okay. i said like there's always like you always have to think about how can i close the loop because it's not just yeah. about doing that that's that wouldn't be abm that would be just you know, customer mm. advocacy, right? What makes this an ABM is that you want to work with sales to identify, first of all, you, you want to identify deals from your pipeline yeah. that fit this ICP that would, you know, would be helpful, of course, for them to join this webinar to accelerate that deal. And of course, you can also invite other engaged accounts, right? You don't have to only invite people from the pipeline, you know, accounts from the pipeline, but you can also look at other sources of intent data just a fan, big fancy word to say for example you know accounts that are visiting like your key pages on your maybe website or that are engaged otherwise on social coming to your events reading your content whatever like the kind of information that you have about uh, their interest engagement uh, buying process whatever so you will know that hopefully you will have this information so that you are going to invite them as well so I think like this play makes most sense for people who are already in the pipeline, but also yeah. any 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 um, anybody who is a little bit more advanced in their buying process. I think this makes a lot of sense. Now, another little thing that you can do it can help you get better results, and you always think like, how can I like maximize the you know the the results here? Is once you're inviting people, first of all, you want to invite them one by one. This is not like, of course, you can run whatever kind of promotional campaign for that, mm -hmm. but these kind of like engaged accounts, you want to do it one on one. Yeah. Second, you can ask them also to share questions beforehand, which is going to help you run a better webinar, but also help you in a follow-up. You yeah. will run your webinar, you will do it, you will engage the audience as much as possible. There are all sorts of things you can do it to make it more yeah. like you're doing a lot, like interacting, engaging the audience, asking them to participate, ask questions, etc. And then after that, 
what you want to do is also create what we call like a content hub. And it's basically whatever tools that you use to to share content with prospects during the sales. We use paper flights. You know, there's tons of these kind of tools that allow you to create a personalized collection and share it with your prospects and um, also allow you to have content analytics. That's really important because in the next step, what you want to share, obviously, I don't know, the recording of the webinar, the slides, mm. and then also you can share more information about your product or any like bottom of the funnel content that will help you like get people over the fence, answer any questions that I might have, like you know, comparison sheets, like you know, specific benefits, maybe some more information about the product, whatever it's relevant at that stage, right? Yeah, and you want and you want to share that. And if you have asked your custom uh, attendees to provide questions, they provided you questions, you can actually create personalized for them content hub with exact responses to those questions, right? So yeah. you can make it even more personalized. So instead of following up after the webinar saying, hey, you know, you want to book a demo, what you do is you give them extra resources, right? Yeah. And so the mindset here is always like, I want to offer the buyer the opportunity to take the next step while leaving them in control, right? So you want more, here is more, uh, but I'm not going to like push you. It's like the appropriate thing. It's, it's like you go out in a bar and you meet somebody, you don't want to ask them to marry you. You may want to ask them for the first date, right? Yeah. <laughs> or to get a coffee with you or something like that. Yeah. And so just to close the loop, so you have your content hub, you're sharing that, this may be like one-on-one -on -one personalized. So of course you're following up. I, what I like to do is I like to go for a walk and record like one-on-one -on -one little video messages yeah. to thank people for attending webinar, asking feedback, make sure they got the content hub, you can distribute it in other ways. And then after that, you, you check the analytics. So you kind of flip the outbound on inbound. So they, they got your message, they are now taking the, the action themselves, they, 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 they want to check it out. And you can use that as an additional source of intent data. And you can run very personalized and very timely follow-up. So let's say mm. they checked that presentation or whatever case study, whatever they checked, and they spend most time looking at... I don't know, a slide or a, or a page about campaign orchestration. Now, I can like very timely reach out to them and tell and say, hey, you know, thanks, thanks a lot for checking our case study. Uh, I was wondering what you thought about it. By the way, a lot of people ask me about campaign orchestration. If that's something that's, you know, mm. also an inter in, of interest to you, I'll be happy to walk you through how we did it for Dream Data, right? Yeah. And Dream Data, they're a similar company. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is how you how you start to co close the loop. And you can actually even like, I mean, in, in some cases, I mean, it makes sense also to have your salespeople call them up. Like you can follow up, you know, digitally. You can also just give them a give them a call. It's not a cold call. Just having that that kind of conversation. Vlad, I think you might have to send me an invoice just for on how we can optimize how we do these lives as well, because <laughs> there's already a lot of stuff that we can. Alberto, I know you're listening, so I hope you take notes. <laughs> it's really good. We've tried it a little bit with the people we invite to this as well. We try to make it on the invite only go to people who have like an we. I, I did. Do you have ABN, ABM in your title? And are you mm -hmm. a mutual connection between me and Vlad? Then you should okay. get an invite to this event. We've not really rolled with it afterwards about how can we then like follow up, follow up. But really good, really good, Vlad. Uh, I can, I can yeah, see. I think a, also like oh, for this live, you know, if you're not selling an ABM solution, it's a little bit different. If but 
So if you had this conversation, maybe with your customer, which would be amazing, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just like on a topic that may be closer to, you know, like attribution or whatever topic yeah, that is yeah. much closer to your product could be even more relevant to, to yeah. implement this place. Super nice. So that was point one, which was really extensive. I, I really appreciate it. For you guys who are listening, make sure you type in your questions and exploit the time that Vlad is giving to us. But let's go on to number two, Vlad. And uh, which one is that? Uh, the one that I that I was thinking of sharing is is I mentioned a couple of things during uh, the, the first playbook. And I mentioned, for example, intent data and, you know, wanted to kind of expand on that. And the playbook that I wanted to share is something, <laughs> we ran a crazy experiment. We had a live session with Andy Culligan was speaking at our summit. And yeah. Andre said to him, hey, you know, Andy, let's do something different. Let's not just do yet another, you know, slides and the talking head stuff. Let's try to run a live campaign he said. And so we, we were there. We didn't have any plan. We didn't prepare this in any way. We were just there. Okay, so let's run a live campaign. We had 50 minutes. What was Actually, the, the headline for this topic again, Vlad? Sorry for interrupting you. Uh -huh. was that what was the headline, hit, headline of this? Uh, yeah, this so this, the headline is how to create net new opportunities, opportunities with accounts that you didn't have, you know, they're not in your pipeline, net new opportunities yeah. using intent data and warm-up. Uh, we call those like warm-up okay. ABM plays, right? Nice. And then uh, you started doing a live campaign during yeah. an event. <laughs> yes. So, and so to make this, uh, why do I say this? Why did I mention this? Other than we managed to do to actually land an opportunity within 50 minutes, a tier one opportunity for us. <laughs> I think it's maybe somebody you know. I think they're they were Plan Day from um, Sweden. I want to say. Denmark. Plan day, you know that. Yeah, that no, doesn't matter, right? They're uh, all anyhow, so, here from them. <laughs> and they are. Uh, I think they knew you. It doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. But essentially, we were like put on the spot. So how can you? Like, how can you increase your chance of you know getting any response or getting any? So first, that's that's the intent data. So we found accounts with intent. What do I mean by that? So for example, mm -hmm. the most the easiest thing was okay. We went to Albacross. We use Albacross. Whatever tool you use to identify yeah. the accounts in your website. So we have a bunch of filters. We want to filter ICP. We yeah. want to filter out those companies who spend more time on our website. Right. We, we say like even like thirty minutes or more. Right. Because yeah. okay, we have a lot of content and also it's not just about somebody like visiting your blog or reading a couple of blog posts but actually visiting like relevant pages whether that's like okay. high intent pages, you know product uh, in our case like our consulting page or like specific product pages you know etc so we saw this like one account that was like a perfect fit spent a lot of time couple of people visiting our websites and they were reading like stuff about icp and ABM and visited mm -hmm. one of our products about ABM, etc. So it's okay, this is one. So we selected this account, right? Yeah. So then we had to run some live research. And yeah. what we did is like, okay, so first we already had an idea. Okay, they are looking at, at ICP, ABM. We checked out the website and so like, okay, what it seems like they recently got a an investment actually they were they were acquired uh, by um, an accounting software company like a big accounting software company and they had some like it seemed like they had a lot of smb customers but yeah. they were like pushing these these enterprise logos so we formulated the following hypothesis and hypothesis was because they are like looking at these they're because they were acquired by an accounting software it's usually like an smb solution probably the go-to market was 
they are going to go after SMBs. We are going, you need to go after enterprise. Right? That was our assumption. So you, you need mm. to make some sort of a hypothesis. You need to do a bit of research, account research. Yeah. And the next step, you need to select the buyer. We selected a head of growth. Usually we know like, okay, so we have like detailed description. We know in what type of, for tier one, it's usually either a VP, a CMO, or a head of growth sometimes, yeah. which was yeah. which the exact case here. We checked this profile and we saw again, the same pattern. So he had a lot of experience in digital marketing for kind of skills that you normally have for SMB, not yeah. so much. So our assumption kind of was validated, like, okay, they're looking to create an ICP because they want to roll out this ABM motion. The next thing, so now we have our buyer, we have our assumptions. So how, what do you do with that? So the next step, you want to select a warm up play, a warm up play. This is what, this is a term that we use just to say yeah. that you're not reaching out cold. You want to somehow warm them up. And, you know, we, our favorite format plays are things like co-creation. We use co-creation and come back to that, like small events, social engagement, et cetera. So we said, okay, what we are going to do with this guy is Andre is going to engage him on social and I'm going to invite him as a guest to our podcast. And so Andre started checking out his profile and he saw a very interesting comment that our target prospect made on Chris Walker's uh, post. Yeah. So he could like re respond on that, on that post. Yeah, and nice. I reached out to him and I kind of also used the fact that I said, hey, I'm reaching out to you live from a webinar. And, uh, and then in the audience, <laughs> there was also somebody who said, I'll help you out, connect, whatever. Yeah. And I invited him to a podcast. But I also like used the information that we collected. I said like, okay, you know what? He's, you know, um, I think I mentioned something like, we can talk about like, you know, introducing AB Emotion or something like that, right? Going from SMB to enterprise. I don't know exactly how he positioned it. And actually live, he already got a positive reply. He, he decided to, to not only join our podcast, but he actually responded, ah, I was actually looking at you guys and maybe we should book a call and talk about, you know, yeah. how you could help us out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But so... <laughs> The idea, <laughs> the idea here is like, if you take a step back, like what did we actually do? First mm. of all, you really need to know your ICP. You really need yeah. to, and I know everybody says that, right? Yeah. Everybody says that. But what I mean by that is like, we have something like 20, 30 qualification, disqualification criteria that we use to, other than just firmographics, right? Yeah. You can have like very specific criteria. Like, I don't know, like, uh, for dream data, it's probably some sort of tech stack that I use already, right? Mm. I'm, I'm sure this like yeah. they're a better fit if they're using, if they're doing a lot of digital spending, yeah. you know, all of these things. I can just imagine. So you yeah. can use all of these criteria to really select those accounts. And again, it's all about stacking the odds in your favor. So that's the yeah. first thing. The second thing is you, you need to do a bit of homework. You need to do research. Like you can't just like be reaching out to people, et cetera. And second, you need to put marketing into ABM marketing. It's like, of course, this is very targeted. So, and, and this was a manual play. So the marketing was like social engagement, sharing mm. content through, you know, commenting and all of these things. And actually inviting, inviting them to a co-creation, which is what you want to drive this buyer conversation. If you didn't immediately say, hey, you know, I'm actually you know, would like to hear about how you guys can help us. We, we would have the continuation of that conversation during the podcast. Of course, we would make it all about them. Yeah. But we could also talk about, you know, the challenges, et cetera, and get more insight, build a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 
hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. And while you talked, I wrote to our product manager to consider putting in the metric of how much time an, an account spends on our customers' websites. Because we, we our script also, you know, tracks users and websites and we haven't, and we just describe it as one session, two sessions, three sessions. But what if one of your ICPs is spending half an hour on your website yesterday or, or something like that? That's Exactly. That's, that's really good I advice. What, what you want, I mean, how do you score it? You score them by the level of engagement, which is the time, how many people, how many visits, like all of this, all of this. Mm. Then you score them, of course, ICP match, like how well they match your ICP. Then you score them an account tier. What I mean by that, like the largest, middle, medium, and smallest. And yeah. you score them also by intent. Some pages, like if they're just reading like a, popular blog posts that have nothing to do that is very generic post about marketing mm. hmm, there is much less intent than if they're actually checking out your product pages right yeah absolutely like we saw with um, when we put out these benchmarks about customer journeys uh, before the summer we saw that all the like as a channel things that came from social was by far the slowest, which I think is that's because like somebody's just following your company, reading your latest blog post and stuff like that. But they're not in market. They're not expressing an actual intent for buying something. They're just, you know, maybe you're, they think your company is cool and they're just following along the ride. I mean, of course, today, everybody needs to always be learning, right? We need to yeah. keep ourselves educated. And a lot of people do that by exactly like that. So they like to follow brands, yeah. That they respect that they know put out good content and of course you've put in so much time there was unique data in there that it could like okay so this is obviously going to generate a lot of interest from people who are not in in the market mm. it's just yeah. you know it. yeah. it's yeah. more top of funnel right extremely nice any questions out there from you guys who are, who are listening in otherwise we'll we'll just move into um to number three here this one is about deal expansion, right? And why deal expansion? What I mean by that is you have an existing deal. So the land and expand, some people will, will call it. So you landed the initial, maybe smaller deal. Now you want to expand it. How can you expand it? You can expand it by, I don't know, it depends on the type of product you're selling. Maybe it's about upselling other features, maybe about expanding to other departments, maybe it's expanding to other geographies, whatever it is, right? So it's all about growing your deal size within existing customer. And again, it's an example of not just landing new opportunities, how using it to do something different. Mm -hmm. And why as well, I think, when I was speaking to probably we did more than 70 audits of in-depth audits of between marketing processes companies and this is something that we often see that there is a big opportunity especially high acv especially with enterprise accounts it's not unusual that there is a big opportunity to expand deals yeah. and that there is no structured approach to do that how how could you what, what kind of playbook could you set up there that's yeah. what it is about interesting to go through it yeah, actually, yes, because I just did something yesterday related to this. So I was uh -huh. speaking to our customer, Richard, if you're listening, but he told me that I, I set up a campaign on LinkedIn where I used matched audiences to select our customers. And then I ran, I started a follower campaign where I just wanted to get more followers of Dream Data within the customers who are already customers of ours. So typically, we're just very much living within the marketing and RevOps team. There's no limit to how many you know, users you can have in your account. So why not try to get those people to follow the company? And in my follower campaign, it even says company name is using Dream Data. Go here to learn more. 
So I would I would love to hear kind of how you can kind of unfold and either expand for activity or at best also expand for revenue. All right, I love it. I love it. I'm really curious to hear. I mean, you just launched it yesterday, but uh, you'll let <laughs> us know how, how it worked. I think yeah. everybody here around the table would like to know that. So this one is a, again like imagine you have a six-figure deal. Like this is one of your best, like biggest customers, mm. and yeah. or maybe it's like high figure. You want to expand it into six figures, and you can afford to spend a little bit more time. And you have maybe an account manager there, somebody who is like taking care of that account. And so what you want to do is you want to actually, like you say, okay, your company is using that. But imagine if you had like very like imagine you interviewed your champion, your power users. You got some real like insights into the benefits that they're getting from from Dream Data into mm. you know the results. You could just like basically record these interviews. You could potentially write a, a complete case study around that, and actually use all of that as collateral that you can promote in other parts of the company to other other employees, other yeah. departments, etc. Again, it depends. Like in some cases. There's like a huge opportunity to move into another geography, into another department, for example, for depending on the kind of solution that you're selling, right? And then another thing you can leverage as well is you can leverage also these common connections because people normally within the company, especially if they have similar role or maybe they're part of whatever team, they will be connected and can help you get connected to the other, you know, to your target, let's say target potential buyers within the company. Mm. And so what you want to do is then you want to run the campaign like you're running it, but then in addition, you, you want to be using, you know, maybe excerpts for that interview, maybe promoting the case study, et cetera. Ideally, if you can also get your champion to organize a webinar or, you know, whatever like event that you can then further promote in the company. And again, similar to our first play, you can use the content hub with them. Like it's very personal. It's not something that it would use for everybody it's something that for that specific account again adding that case study you know the benefits but also like you will be asking you can be like very specific about what kind of value they could get if they would you know implement yeah. that in yeah, yeah, yeah. department or whatever like you can be like very one-on-one -on -one precise in the kind of benefits that they would get and this is a campaign that you could you could run it's a one-on-one -on -one campaign in this case you could of course not do it for multiple accounts and some of these things of course you could maybe you know do for other accounts or in a similar vertical so you you could like maybe scale it up but you know abm is very often you know, one-on-one -on -one. and one-on-one mm. uh, -on -one that you can then maybe scale to kind of on the vertical level for the specific type of buyer, specific type of vertical. So the more personalized, the better. And uh, the same way, like in the first play, if people are engaging with the content hub, you can, of course, you know, follow up, you can call them, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan wrote, how do you reach out? But from marketing, so I guess it's, if I'm and then if I'm interpreting it correctly or wrong, let me know. But I was thinking, I guess it's what you call uh, did you call it a warm up, uh, Vlad? And kind of how can marketing help warm up the accounts for, for the salespeople? That's a totally, I get totally, I think I get a question. Yeah. So there is different things that you can do. I mean, for marketing, obviously, what you can do is whatever collateral you have, like in the examples that I, in the example that I just shared creating this you know interviews creating this content you can distribute this content whether you do it with paid whether you do it you know conversational ads whatever like you can dis distribute yeah. this in, in different ways right you can also 
there it's not forbidden for marketing to talk to prospects i mean yeah. especially if it is within let's say whatever like i use the podcast for example what you can do is create an article or you know market research i mean these are examples so kind of a write-up article you know i don't know like five things i learned by talking to mm. five sassy cmos whatever like the five habits of highly effective sas uh, cmos you know i learned yeah, by yeah. talking to what I, whatever right so yeah, you can actually ever... create some content use co-creation create some content and reach out to them to basically you know have a chat and by the way abm the second part of this answer is to this question the answer to this question is abm you cannot run ABM just for marketing. I mean, ABM is a sales and marketing play. If you're trying to do these, these campaigns and you, you, you're not aligned with sales, you don't have anybody from sales who is mm. you know, committed there to help you, so which means, yeah. of course, that you have to like clearly debrief them about you know, what they can expect, what, what they should be doing, etc. really need that close collaboration. It's not going to work, honestly. How can you reach out? Well, you can work with sales to reach out. Uh, in some companies, actually, SDRs are a, are a marketing function. That's ideal if you have something like that. But if not, then you have to make friends there. Mm. And you, know, you have to work a lot on, on creating buy-in. Like half of our consulting is actually, at the beginning especially, is all about creating the buy-in. Not yeah. just, you know, buy-in to get the budget, but also buy-in from the people who need to do it. Yeah, we can talk about that on another session. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a topic just- on- so crucial for B- b2b marketers to understand that if they are not friends with sale like if you produce the best leads in the world but sales never picks up the phone never answers the emails do nothing then all the value you create is basically worth nothing because you don't exactly. sign the contracts afterwards another thing that you can do which is kind of similar to deal expansion but but not is contract renewals right so you, every you have big deals again Remember, we are talking about large deals. What do you do? Nobody wants to get that email just before uh, the contract email saying, hey, sorry, guys, we decided to switch you know, the vendor yeah. or, or not putting yeah. in the contract. Yeah. And the thing is, the truth is, unfortunately, a lot of people have this idea that no news is good news, right? But I, I read somewhere like an amazing statistic. I think it's like maybe even 90% of B2B buyers, or no, B2B customers are not going to tell you anything. They are just going to churn. So if you don't have any proactive ways to be in contact with those customers, to proactively talk to them, get that information. So churn prevention is actually a huge one, especially Mm. for the large deals. They need to spend some time doing that. So First of all, like I, I speak about, you know, interviewing you know, existing customers, et cetera. And this is actually something that I see very, very often whenever we start a consulting project and we speak to our clients and they say, you know, we, we need to interview the customer. Well, this is like one of the first steps. And it's always like a big point of resistance. And it's always like amazes me. Like you don't have the kind of relationship. Shouldn't this be a big red flag mm. that you're not able just to go and talk to them, right? The way that I like to think about it is how can you embed customer interviews in your ongoing process, right? So after a successful sale, you can talk to them about, you know, the obviously during sale, you're you're asking them about a bunch of questions. But after a successful sale, you can ask them about the buying process. Why did they choose you? Why not 
right? There's a bunch yeah. of other questions. After the successful implementation, just that key moment when they're showing satisfaction, you can ask them about the results and, you know, yeah. the so before and after, so the after part, right? So yeah. you can get that information. You need to have some sort of regular check-in with them. Whether I mean, if you don't have any other option, invite them to your podcast, to your market research, mm -hmm. to whatever co-creation to get that yeah. knowledge. Like you need to yeah. absolutely do this, right? I mean, one way or another, you need to make sure that you have this opportunity. So you need to be asking them questions also about, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, the value they're getting, how they're using it, but also about the gaps, like what are they yeah. missing, but also like their key strategic initiatives. Like, of course... I don't know, whatever the process your tool is support, your solution is supporting, like in our case, yeah. maybe it's about marketing. Okay, yeah, what yeah. is next? What are the plans? How they're evolving? What, you know, do they feel that our solution is going to support them also in future? And mm. you know, often they might not know, you know, might, they might not, just not be aware of you know, some, some of the use cases they can, they can support. So this kind of information is like crucial. So this is the first thing you need to do. And then the rest, you, you know, can imagine a play, you know, you can, again, create specific content to answer those questions. You yeah. can showcase, of course, the benefits. I think it's also, you can never over communicate about the value that you're creating for somebody, you know, and we don't do that. We don't do yeah. that a lot. And I think that's just like communicating about like, if you had the chance to talk to some of the people inside a company, again, power users, champions, decision makers, whomever you, you're able to get showing, of course, the benefits and the value that you've already created. And huh. then of course, helping them realize how they can grow together with you, how how you can help them achieve those, you know, next next milestones? How can you help them get more out of that solution? How can you help them close the gaps? Essentially, this is what you want to get at: is yeah. you want your contract to already be pre-sold mm. before the time of renewal, and not yeah. just wait and get a bad surprise. At least for us, I think nine out of ten companies are super bad at you know communicating the value that you continuously create for your customers. Like it's not something that we constantly tell people that, hey, we just saved you $10,000. We just saved you $20,000. And then the next question is, then how do you do it in a classy way? <laughs> so it's not like writing an email. Look at this insight. This saves you X, Y, Z. That's a task then to, to find out how to do it. In no, but I mean, the best, the best way is like, if you got, I mean, again, if you, can do it in some sort of an interview in a way that it's, you know, very friendly, that is mm. added value through some co-creation yeah. or some content. Yeah. I mean, the best way is, of course, to let their people speak, right? So you, yeah. to, to let their people talk about it. And like yeah. you say, of course, you don't want to be like, um, it's being counter, just saying, hey, by the way, so you just hit another 10K, right? But yeah. I, there's many ways in which you can do this mm. and just yeah. reinforce the value that you're creating. And... But also be not not put your hand in the sand, right? You want to be also very proactive about you know, potential gaps, you know, things yeah. that are missing, yeah, yeah, yeah. or otherwise could cause them to churn. I think that's. Uh, <laughs> I got another thing I need to go do. <laughs> but it, uh, I really like it, Vlad. Okay, last one, Vlad, and then we'll let uh, let people go. What was that? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so it's about deal acceleration. So you yeah. have existing deals that need to be closed. So you want to help mm. sales close more pipeline. Yeah. And actually, I'll just give you an example of what will happen with us, right? So we were 
negotiating a deal and like after a lot of lot of conversations we had an opportunity to present the proposal and we presented the proposal and you know they went silent this is something that happens very often so the deal was stole stalled stale i don't know whatever like yeah. slow down frozen <laughs> and uh and this happens very often right and so what we were doing, so I just stopped re responding to my follow-ups, etc. In this mm -hmm. very specific case, what Andre did is actually invited the CMO to, to our podcast and had a good chat with her, right? And at the end also asked like what, about what, what is really blocking. So again, you need a way, and you can do it in different ways. Um, sometimes what you can do is people very often are very focused on one person in a company, right? Whomever mm. they're talking to or maybe the decision maker. And, and this is who they're trying to influence. But I mean, I, I recently had this happen. Like my, one of the deals was frozen. Like I, I was unresponsive. Like I was like, didn't know what was going on because everything seemed so good. And I knew, I mean, I knew, and I, of course, this is also what you want to proactively build the relationship with as many people, as many buyers as you can, mm. and many of their yeah. colleagues as you can. So I was already connected and had good relationship with a bunch of people in the company. So one by one, I started follow it, following up with them until one of them responded. He said, you know, by the way, you know, our head of marketing was fired. So, you know, mm. we are just like, oh, and by the way, we were also acquired. So it was like <laughs> things that are out of our control. Finally, we landed that deal. We landed that deal, but so it's it's about uh, proactively again engaging the buying committee and uh, figuring out what the blocking points are, and then mm. again preparing marketing assets, campaigns, actions, activities to basically answer that questions, address those those objections that they might have. Like in one case with that CMO. Who Andre chatted uh, chatted with? They mm. actually couldn't make a business case to their executive team, and I was like, "I mean, people, we can help you make that business case, right?" Okay, they didn't know, right? Yeah. and we didn't know that that was a problem, right? So now we make sure that we always create the business case, of course, right? But okay, it's yeah. a learning. But uh, so we help them create a business case. We also reduce the scope to sell first the smaller thing. Mm. And, Smart. We use that smaller thing to get the buy-in for the bigger yeah. thing. Yeah. So there's a lot you can do, right? And um, and yeah, in the other case, yeah, it was just okay, just getting that information. But uh, marketing shouldn't stop when the lead is generated, even when the opportunity is generated. Actually, mm. there's a lot of opportunity, especially when it comes to high deal value to go on marketing, like like you just did this very nice campaign yesterday right i can just uh, mention a few things that we've done here as well so with dream that you can see on average how many contacts is on every deal that you win and for us ourselves when we sell there's five people so that means that the salesperson shouldn't be happy with having one person at a demo call because you're like you're only one person one down and four to go you need to kind of continue to ask is there more people in the buying committee? Is there more people who care about this? Who should, who should we more be speaking to? Also, when, as you say, the deal goes a little bit silent, then you have multiple options to go to. And I think also I saw Gong put out uh, some statistics about the likelihood of a deal closes increases up to a certain point as you add more, more stakeholders to it. And then exactly. maybe just the one advertising tip is also to, when you run your ads, then... Don't just run retargeting 
on the one person who were on your website. You need to reveal the IP and then you need to run ads towards the whole company or perhaps the right function or job title within that company. So you, you know that it's the whole buying committee who gets the ad and not just the one individual browser who were, were on your website. It's and 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 because if, if if you already have deals in the pipeline, it's actually very easy to run ads because you know the company, so you can just yeah. run ads to those companies. You don't have to make it difficult. You don't have to even like necessarily set the roles. Even if you're running it across the company, that's also like, it can work really well. Yeah. Um, and what I think as well, it's like I, like everybody should have this, but maybe it's worth saying. It's also you need to keep. So like every deal is an opportunity to learn like about the kind of questions, blocking points, uh, the, the kind of questions that the buyers may have, the other buyers may have, because mm -hmm. if you're not like connecting to the whole buying committee, if you don't answer proactively the questions that maybe some of the other influencers or blockers in the company mm -hmm. may have, yeah, I mean, they're not going to go and ask you. I mean, you you need to create content and mm. whatever assets, tools, whatever you need to be able to proactively address those concerns. And this yeah. is also how we use content hubs. In the content hubs, you yeah. can have different assets for different buyers. So instead of just sending like, you know, some information after a demo or a proposal, mm. whatever you're sending, you can send all of these pieces of the puzzle and always like, thinking okay how can i improve this you know yeah. like i said like oh shit we should always include this business case yeah. or they have a question about you know who in, who from the team needs to be involved okay so we need to make sure that we like very clearly answer that question the next time not wait for it to be raised and yes. always we are really obsessed about how can we always make this bottom of the funnel you know as airtight as possible <laughs> yeah, i really love that i i, I think about or like the way I think about websites is that, that it should basically, you know, any question that a customer might ask related to your company, you should at least give the new potential prospect an opportunity to find the answer on the website. They might not find it every time, but it should be there. So the work and conversations that the salespeople have can move along a lot faster because they can find the answers themselves through the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no better prospect uh, on your sales call than the one that completely knows what you're all about, is buying into your vision, knows exactly how you're different from your competitors. Like they have done all the research, mm. they know everything. It's just kind of the last check that they need to do, you know, talking to. I mean, that's of course ideal. And you cannot have that if you're not proactively answering those questions, right? No. Vlad, this has been absolutely awesome and I, I, I have a long to-do list of stuff I, I need to go, go back and do now. So, so thanks for that. Is there any kind of summary or like what is the essential things that you think, you know, you've already said a lot, but is there anything particularly you want people to take away from, from this conversation and, and your advices? I think, uh, first of all, think about, if you're thinking about ABM, don't think about just stop let's say lead generation, net new accounts, think about what are the high priority goals for us, where can we create value other than just there, right? Think about deal acceleration, pipeline or deal acceleration, think about uh, helping, you know, increasing the win rates, uh, think about uh, deal expansion, 
term prevention, think about different goals. Second, mm -hmm. you see how much attention to detail or how much detail we, we put in, into each of those campaigns because ABM is all about stacking the odds in your favor. And like, because again, you don't need a lot of clients, but you need the right clients. So you're not targeting a big market, you're targeting a narrow specific market. So you need to get your ROI is going to come from the fact that you're going to activate more of those, right? Mm -hmm. Less leads, more revenue is one of, is our slogan, right? So yeah. how slogan? So how do you how do you do that? So by like closing the loop, not just running that webinar, but also how do you follow up? How do you follow? How can you make it more personalized? Like think about each of those steps from top of the funnel until the bottom of the funnel, and think about how can I actually improve that and get more out of each of those steps, right? And yeah, I think that these will be the two main takeaways out of these five uh, plays that we shared today. Wonderful. And, and uh, uh, where can people get in touch with you if they've like seen that you know all? Everybody's here on LinkedIn, right? Right yeah. now. So uh, I'm sure you somewhere see my profile. Just give me, yeah. give me, <laughs> or Andre, my co-founder, a, a follow. Yeah. Uh, we're also sharing content from fullfunnel.io. Yeah, extremely good page that you can find. So just you can always find us on LinkedIn. You can always reach out. Whatever question you might have, always happy to chat. We also have Trenches B2B Marketing Community where we're engaging. We are there every day. So whatever way you want to reach out to us, <laughs> uh, go ahead and do it. But you're already on LinkedIn, so you know that we are here. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Vlad. And uh, I wish you a really great day forward. We hope you like listening to us. Subscribe to our podcast and the ones that we have been guests on. And if you have any feedback for us, uh, just do let us know. And should there be a guest that you think we should be talking to, then like pitch us. We're looking forward to seeing you.